Psalm 27 shows the promise of safety and peace in the Lord. But what does that look like? How do we live it out? Join us today on the THP Online Community Podcast as we talk about that. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, your media pastor here at The Healing Place, and we're so glad that you hit the play button today. Whether you're joining us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, we are so thankful to have you as part of our THP Online Community. As I said in my intro today, we're going to be taking a look at Psalm 27, and our lead pastor, Scott Etheridge, is going to be walking us through this particular psalm step-by-step, line-by-line. It's important for us to understand that while these promises are great, we have to look at them in the context of the entire chapter. In the Psalms especially, with it being very artistic and very poetic, there are certain aspects that you miss if you don't pay attention to the entirety of the chapter. So I really want to encourage you guys to take some time to really listen to this podcast, to really lean in and uh, glean from it. Try to go back yourself and read this chapter on your own. And then after you've done that, if the Lord speaks to you and as he moves through you, reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com or any of our social media platforms. We'd love to hear what the Lord is saying to you about this passage. Now, before we jump to today's podcast, I do want to encourage you to do this. We have recently started a new podcast called The Midweek Move, where Pastor Scott and a variety of guests will be going through the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, in a very casual but very real conversation about the Bible. If this is interesting to you, open Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, and look for Midweek Move. We also have a dedicated Facebook page for Midweek Move. Just visit facebook.com forward slash Midweek Move. All that being said, let's get into today's conversation. Hey there, everyone. This is Scott. I am just so, so excited about today, just kind of in a different way. When you say the word excited, so many times you're thinking just pumped up, super pumped, super amped up. But today I'm just kind of in this, uh, for lack of a better term, stream of just being excited, yet at the same time, it's not just your normal excitement. Listen, we're going to walk through a Psalm today, Psalm 27. So go there right now, wherever you're at. Uh, again, thank you guys for welcoming me to wherever you are today, but Psalm 27 and our promise is going to be from verse five, but we're going to read the whole chapter today. We're going to walk through this chapter. And today, what I'm bringing you today is not so much a, a sermon or even like a message, but what I feel like that I want to share with you today and that we're going to share together is just a deepening. We're going to, we're just going to go a little bit deeper today in God's word. We're going to be encouraged today. We're going to be edified today, that biblical term edified. There's going to be some exhortation. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen in the next few minutes and I just want to encourage you to, to just kind of go along with me on this journey. I'm kind of walking this thing with you and I'm taking this journey with you. It's not something that I'm just bringing to you, but I'm walking through it too. And so Psalm 27, and uh, we'll get to the promise for this week. Um, but, but we just want to walk through this Psalm 27 and verse one. Now this is the Psalm of David. And as uh, a lot of psalm uh, of uh, a lot of psalms that David wrote, uh, the exact pinpointed 
time frame is not exactly known. We kind of know uh, by some of his language, some of the things that are happening in his life. We know that if something talks about his enemies, he had a lot of enemies at a lot of times, a lot of different times. If he talks about like a war or something like that, there were a lot of different things he was a part of. If he talks about he was running from someone, there are many different instances that he was doing that. So we want to kind of hone in on what he is saying, though. What is he saying? What is the Lord saying to him? So here's the Psalm David, uh, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now he talks about God being a refuge and a shelter and a strength and all these different things. Even our promise last week was about God being a refuge a fortress. Uh, he is our strength. He is our shelter. But here David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why is that important? Because when he talks about a refuge and a, and a place, a, a pavilion, a resting place, there's normally a place of darkness. And he's saying that when I'm in that place of darkness, the Lord is my light. Like he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So what is he saying? He's saying the Lord is the Lord of all. Jesus is all in all. He's not just a portion. He's not just a piece of the puzzle. He's the whole thing. He's not just a chief cornerstone, but he is the whole building. We talk about us being living stones, the Bible says, and we're being fit together as living stones, building this thing that we know as the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the builder of that. But in the same token, we are only living stones if we are in him. So even the stones themselves are him and he is this building and he is this fortress. And how does he fill that building? He fills it with himself. He is all in all. And David say is saying the Lord, he's my light. He's my salvation. He's the strength of my life. So why am I afraid of anyone else? Or anything else. Then in verse two, he says, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, some pretty heavy terminology here, my enemies and my foes, they stumble and they fell. He said, when they tried to come against me because my eyes are on the Lord, because the Lord is everything to me, my enemies actually stumbled and fell. We also know in the Old Testament, uh, when it talks about that the enemy was coming after the people of God and God told him, listen, position yourself, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Keep your eyes, keep your eyes. Even, even the leader said, Lord, we don't know what to do. We've not been trained for this, but our eyes are upon you. And because of that, the Bible is clear that the enemy set up an encampment against itself and was consumed. David is saying here that when my eyes are on the Lord, when the Lord is all in all, then even my enemies stumble as they're trying to come against me. Uh, I, I begin to think about how many times in my life, how many times in your life has the enemy been trying to come against us and the enemy actually stumbled and fell because our focus was on Jesus. Our focus was on the all in all. Sometimes we don't even know that the enemy stumbled and fell when he was coming after us because God just takes care of it. Then David goes on to say, though an army may encamp against me, they're coming against me. They're encamping against me. My heart shall not fear and the war may rise against me in this, I will be confident. Now, here's the key in this, in this, in what? Well, what's to come? The next verse, one thing I have desired of the Lord. Now think about this for a second. 
one thing you desire from the Lord, what will it be? The one thing I have this book in my library. I think it's called the one thing. And it's talking about how so many other things can become a distraction in your life. And you need to focus on the one thing, the one thing. What is that one thing, right? What is my focus? What is my desire? And here's what the Psalmist David says. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek. Okay. What is it, David? that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now this is David who we know will set up the tabernacle, but it will not be a permanent structure in David's day. It would be a tent and that tent would be open to everyone. And there would be worship 24 seven coming out of that. There would be a fragrance 24 seven that would be coming out of this tabernacle. We know that, that the temple would go on to be built as a permanent structure and it'd be torn down over and over and over again. But we also know that now in the day we live in, and I don't want to just get in the weeds uh, at all, but here's the deal. Now we in Christ are the temple of the Holy spirit. And we are almost back to that temple of David, that tabernacle of David model, where now it's, we have complete and total access and we can worship God 24 seven, that we can turn our affection toward God, that we can turn our affection toward Jesus, that we can focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith 24 seven. David says this one thing I desire, one thing I seek that I may dwell in your house, Lord, that there may be a permanent dwelling that I may dwell in your house. And what David maybe could not see is that day when Christ would come, he would be crucified. He would be dead. He would be buried. He would resurrect. He would ascend to the father and he would send the Holy spirit to live inside of us, to tabernacle, to dwell with us. We really have come back to this place. And he says to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's not about what David's getting. It's about the fact that David has access to the Lord 24 seven relationship with God, the presence of God. And then this is our promise this week. Verse five for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, his presence, his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. And he shall set me high upon a rock. Now this seems to not make sense. He's hiding me in a pavilion, yet he's setting me up on a rock. But what the psalmist is saying is that God's presence, his presence hides me. His presence protects me. His presence shelters me. And when I'm in his presence, guess what? In his presence now, in this low place of hiding and dwelling, now I have a high view. I can see he sets me on a rock where I now can see my enemies and where they're coming from that position, that high position. Like when you talk about battle and war in those days, you would want to take a high position so that you could see a bigger view of where the enemy was setting up encampments against you. And David is saying, because I'm in the pavilion, because I'm in the secret place, because I am in God's presence, because I am in the temple of the Holy spirit, I can see now where the enemy is trying to come against us. That's where we live right now, that 
If the Lord is our light and our salvation, what do we have to be afraid of? Because we can see how the enemy will try to encamp upon us because we have a different view because we are protected in the presence of God for in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me and he shall set me high upon the rock for in a time of trouble. We heard this last week. God is our refuge and he is our strength, right? He helps us in what? In a time of trouble. And this week we walk in and we say, what, what do you have to say, Lord? And he says, for in a time of trouble, I'm going to hide you. My presence will protect you. You don't have to fear anyone. And then the psalmist goes on to say, and now my head should be lifted up above my enemies all around me. I'm not going to be looking down. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be insecure. I'm not going to be depressed. The darkness will not overtake me. My head is going to be lifted up above my enemies. And he says, therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Why do we sing? Why do we have people who are gifted come before the word is about to come before the promise is about to come? Why do we do that? Because it's worship. It's worship. And we sing. Why do we sing? Well, we sing because it's praise and it's worship to the Lord that no matter our circumstances, that God is above all of that. He will lift us above all of that. And then he says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. What an amazing statement. Lord, you told me to seek your face. And Lord, you know what I'm going to do? No, I'm not going to do everything else and then kind of spend some time. Lord, I'm going to seek your face. It's all about the presence of God. This Psalm is all about the presence of God. Verse nine, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. Oh God of my salvation. Listen to the psalmist. His soul is crying out. When is the last time your soul cried out? Not for someone else or something else, but for him. When is the last time that your soul hungered for Jesus? When is the last time that your soul cried out for God? He says, do not hide your face. Do not turn. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, have the people around you forsaken you? Or maybe you have simply walked away from people and isolated yourself from them. What happens in that moment? The psalmist says, then the Lord will take care of me. I didn't have the best dad, Lord. I didn't have the best mom. I didn't have the best siblings. I didn't have the best family. Nobody was there for me. But the psalmist is saying, then Lord, you took care of me. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path. He's not saying that life is a smooth path, but he's saying, lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. My enemies have tried to set things up against me. But Lord, even though I was walking a rough path, you made it smooth before me so I would know where to go and what to do. 
Again, going back to verse one, he is my light and my salvation. I know where to go. He's giving me light and he's making a smooth path. Verse 12, do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen up against me and such as breathe out violence. And then he comes to verse 13. And here's where I want us to live for a second. I would have lost heart. Have you lost heart today? Have you lost heart in the last 18 months? Have you lost heart in the last five years of your life? Maybe you don't have hope today. Maybe hope has eluded you, evaded you. You haven't been able to find hope. The psalmist said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope unless I would have believed. He's not putting it on God. He's saying belief is my part. Faith is my part. I can't see it, but I believe it. I would have lost heart unless I would have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can I tell you that the hope that we have in Christ is not just for some kingdom to come eternally where there'll be no more tears and there's going to be no more sickness and no more disease and no more pandemics and no more economic situations and no more job situations. None of that will exist for the kingdom to come. But the psalmist is saying, listen, I would have lost heart unless I would have believed unless that I would believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living right now, there is a kingdom to come, but there is a portion of the kingdom that's already come to me now in the form of Christ. And now the Holy spirit that I don't have to wait for eternity to see the goodness of God, but I can see it now. Listen, you can see it now. You can see healing. Now you can see deliverance. Now you can see freedom. Now, In the land of the living. See, sometimes that longing that we have for eternity, although it's hope filled, can sometimes leave us hopeless for right now. Because we think that we cannot see that goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And thereby, as we're journeying with no hope, no healing, no thought process that God has something for us right now, we begin to get weary going toward that journey of what's to come. You see, God has something for us now. God has something for us that is good right now in the land of the living. And that goodness is him. It's not a situation. It's not a job. It's, it's not for something to change in America or in the globe, but it is him. He is that goodness. He's not a bridge to that goodness. Again, he is all in all. He's not a bridge to goodness. He is goodness. And then the encouraging words of the psalmist say this, wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait. Wait on the Lord. I know this is difficult to do online, on a device. 
you're going here, you're going there. Maybe you're listening to this. Maybe you're driving right now and you're listening to this. But wherever you are today, that word is the same. Wait on the Lord. It's not just when we can have the time to wait on the Lord, but it is wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And then what does he say again? And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So can we do that just for a moment? Can we just wait on the Lord? Can you just get still for a moment and wait on the Lord? Why is this important, Scott? Because it'll strengthen your heart. In the days we're living in, I see a lot of people's hearts beginning to go from that beautiful, compassionate, pliable, loving heart to a cynical hardness of heart that at any moment is ready to lash out. Jesus isn't the all in all. The, the world has begun to seep in. And that heart is beginning to turn a little bit. Why is it important to wait on the Lord? Our heart is at stake. It's our heart. It's our mind that there would be peace in our mind and not confusion, not chaos, and not a billion thoughts running over and over and over, but that our mind could be stayed on Jesus. Listen, here at The Healing Place, we have to be very careful that we are not just trying to do so many things that we're not waiting on the Lord. Dallas is here in this room right now with me. And we're in silence just waiting on the Lord. He's not just filming and I'm not just speaking, but we are waiting on the Lord. Because there are a million different things that we could be doing right now, but waiting on the Lord with you is the most important thing we can do right now. Why? Because I need my heart strengthened. Because we need our minds to be at peace. You see, God's plan for me and the team here at The Healing Place, it's not to do more exploits and to have more gatherings and to do more online and to do, 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 do. God's purpose for us, even us, is to be. To be who God created us to be, our identity in Jesus. That he is our all in all and he is the reason we are doing what we're doing. Because so many times we can do and do and do. And now it just begins to become about producing content. Rather than being passionate about the one who gave us the content. 
And so we wait. And Scott, get to it. I need more. You don't need more information. You need more Jesus. You don't need more sermons. I mean, I know that sounds crazy coming from a preacher. You need more Jesus. Man, do we find Jesus in sermons? Absolutely, if those sermons are based on the word of God and not some illustration. If it's a genuine sermon taking you deeper in the word of God and not just an encouraging talk. See, everything we need need to be doing needs to lead us to Jesus and to lead other people to Jesus because he is the all in all. Martha Mary, those names may sound familiar. Martha was awesome. She was amazing. And she loved Jesus. Mary loved Jesus. But when it came to this point where he's ready to kind of exit, he's, he's about to go. There's a moment and Martha is running all over the place. She's doing all of these things. And we don't know if she's doing them because she is trying to gain the affection of Jesus. We kind of think that she knows how Jesus felt about her. Is she trying to get attention? Is she doing it to, for affirmation, validation? We're not quite sure, but we know she was a doer, which is awesome. But she's doing all of these things and Mary is simply sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha gets mad. The tendency is we think she gets mad. That's kind of the way the language bears out. And it seems like Mary is not doing anything, but what Mary understood was the moment. Martha didn't understand the moment. There's, there's a time to be doing, but the focus always has to be Jesus. But Mary knew the moment and she knew that she didn't have to do anything to gain love because Jesus is love. And she knew that something was about to shift and something was about to change. She simply sat at his feet. Could she have been doing a million other things? Absolutely. Would any of them had accomplished what that moment sitting at his feet did? No way, because we're still talking about it today. So we wait. Why do we wait? Because when we're fearful, waiting on the Lord brings courage. When we're faint in our hearts, waiting on the Lord strengthens our hearts. And so, Lord, we wait. We wait on you. We wait on you, Lord. Speak, Lord, to everyone that is listening to this and watching. Speak, Lord. Speak now, for your servants are listening. If we're on the outside looking in, Lord, and think that we cannot hear from God, may we know, may you know today, listen, may you know today that you can hear from God. Those of you that have been in and you've been to all the stuff, you've been to all the meetings and you've seen so many amazing things, but yet God's voice is different now. It's a little more faint. You're having a harder time hearing it. God hasn't left. 
Maybe it became about all the meetings and all the stuff and all the things for you. And maybe you've become Martha and it's time to step back into that Mary. Wait on the Lord. Why, Scott? Because it's the healthiest thing for your life to wait on the Lord. Because when we wait on the Lord, all the distractions go away. And the only thing we see is Jesus. Scott, you're looking into a camera right now. Yeah, but I'm looking into the face of Jesus. He is the focus. You know, video people and Facebook and YouTube and even church marketing experts would tell us not to do this this way. And that's okay. I get that. But we're not going to do things like everybody else just because everybody else is doing it. We're going to do what the Lord says. And this is what the Lord is saying today. Wait. This may be the first time in years that you've just waited. Wait on the Lord. Here's our promise for this week. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock that I'm going to get to see where the enemy's trying to come against me. I'll know. I'll know. And I set my face on him. The one who knows it all, the one who hides me, the one who protects me, the one who strengthens me, the all in all. He will hide me in his pavilion, in his presence. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your promise today. We thank you for the opportunity today to read your word. To read your word, to hear the Psalm of David and the, his soul, the deep crying out to deep to you. Not cursing you, not running away from you, but leaning into you. And so, Lord, we lean in today. And Lord, as we have waited upon you, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Speak, Lord. And we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, wherever you're at today, and I'm not talking about location, I'm talking about wherever you're at today, would you let us know how we can pray with you? Media Hub at thpshreveport.com. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you through that. We want to believe God to touch your life in a powerful way. Because ultimately, it's not about producing content. Ultimately, we want you to not only see Jesus, but we want him to be your all in all. So again, Media Hub at thpshreveport.com. If you have been out of relationship with Christ and you have come back in, you're all in. Would you let us know that so we could pray with you? And we just believe that God is going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And that as you allow him to be all in all, that everything you do will glorify him. That's our goal, to glorify him. God bless you. We love you. See you next time.